two, one. There it is. Woo! We are live. What up, ladies Woo-hoo! and gentlemen? SHIT. So happy it's so Thursday. Thursday. And we're ready to rock and roll. <laughs> hey, uh, you guys ever think about being creative but kind of get stuck? Well, we're going to hit that topic today. Here we go, James. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros! Business Bros! Whoa, we're way off today. All right, let's rock and roll. I know, you know what? That whole uh, intro on my side, it seems kind of laggy, so I don't know what the deal Uh-oh. is. Hopefully, we don't have any technical difficulties, but let's get the show on the road. Nonetheless. That's All the right, uh, James, it's time for the fire. fire intro. All right. Our guest today, ladies and gentlemen, is a world-renowned creativity expert. He's taught thousands of leaders across, uh, around the globe how to harness the power of creativity to improve profitability, increase sales, and create more meaning in their work. Our guest has spent the last two decades working on a formula to codify creativity. That formula is found in his book, The Create Mindset, which offers readers 92 tools to unlock the secrets to innovation, growth, and sustainability. Our guest has leveraged his creativity to work on numerous albums, movies, and ads. His work has earned him both a Clio Award and a Emmy nomination. We're excited to have on the show today the CEO of TCM Consulting Group, a keynote speaker, creative wizard, adjunct university professor, and published author. So welcome to the show, Nir Bashan. Hey, thanks, guys. I need to take this around with me wherever I go. <laughs> we'll have it on a track ready for you. Totally. Definitely. All right, I think uh, I think I gotta end this uh, live stream over here because I think that's messing. Sorry, Instagram, we're gonna cut you off here a second. Um, I don't know what the deal is, uh, but either way, all right, because um, I am laggy over here on my side. So James, you're gonna run all the video for today. Near, I can hear you, you got it. loud and clear. So we're oh, good. good. We're good on that end. All right, so uh, let's uh, and James, let's start off with our two truths and a lie. Let's uh, run that segment. Let's run it. Uh, this is fun. We're doing this right, backward. Usually we wait until the end of the show Usually, to do this, but this time yeah, we're just kicking right but off. This time we're gonna we're gonna do this as a as an icebreaker. All right, so here's how it works. You're gonna tell us three things, right? Two of them are gonna be truths, one of them's gonna be a lie. James and I are gonna try to decipher which one is the lie. So go ahead, Nir. Three things. Shoot. Okay, three things. Uh two truths and a lie. You guys ready? Go we're for ready. it. You feeling good? All right, so feeling good. Here we go. Um, two truth and a lie in random order. One, um, I have done the Appalachian Trail from start to finish. Mm. I own, have owned, and currently own two Porsche vehicles. Mm. I have. 
surfed in Baja to San Francisco. What? Okay, okay. Okay. So we got two traveling trips and sports cars here. Two traveling trips and sports cars. So yep. uh, I don't know anything about you yet other than you're pretty creative. Um, surfing from Baja to San Francisco sounds tough, but so does the Appalachians. Um, I'm going to go with the car has to be true. It's the only one that's a little off. So the, the traveling it has to be between the two traveling. And I'm going to go with the Appalachian sounds epic. I don't know if I see you as a surfer. I'm going to go with the surfer as a lie. James, what do you think? Oh, that's a toughie. That's a toughie. That's a toughie. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he's a hardcore, like, I'm getting out there and be a badass surfer and hiker and, like, camp and do all this crazy stuff. So I'm just going to say that maybe you don't own two Porsches. All right. All right. Near which one was the lie? The lie with the Appalachian Trail. Never done it. Oh. The others are true. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a bit of a car nut. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I'm into it. I put I put the two I put the two trips together. I was like, one of them's got to be out there. One of them's got to be just. You did go from from uh, Baja to San Francisco? Yeah, dude. I, you know, um, I used to surf um, and do some epic epic trips where you know we'd go with with some friends and you know a couple of weeks time and just hit up you know all the spots and um, we we made some some epic memories and met some amazing amazing people. I uh, stopped in San Diego for a while too, so surfed nice. at Blacks and all those places. Nice, yeah, yeah. in in Black Manor or. <laughs> 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 hey, <no. laughs> Some stories will remain hidden. Right? Yeah, exactly. What happens at Black Beach stays at Black Beach. You know what I mean? Exactly, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here. all right. So, so you got the two Porsches. Uh, how does how does one get into the whole car scene and and then afford to grab the Porsches? Dude, I, so I've been into uh, cars forever. I, You know, I don't know. It's like, you know, the first job I've ever had, the first company I've ever owned was a car washing company. So I went door to door washing cars and I just love cars. I just, something about vehicles and, you know, the way they handle, the way they look. And I, I just love it. I still wash, you know, all, all the cars I have by myself. I never take it as a car wash. I never go, you know. It's just like nobody's touching my baby. No, it's like it's like meditate. It's like therapy for me, man. It's just like mm. I love it. I love it. I'm really into it. This is this is my time between me and my baby. Leave me alone. Nobody's gonna treat her the way I treat her. It's me time. So it's me time, right? It's uh, me time. Well, tell me about those those companies you were you were talking about. How'd you get into the entrepreneurial space? Why not go get a job at a car wash? Why start your own? Yeah, for sure. So um I've been kind of a serial entrepreneur my whole life and just been really interested in um, doing well. I mean, I wanted to make money. I mean, that's why we all get into business, hopefully, you know. And so I noticed that people who did well were creative and then people who didn't do well, you know, were not creative. And um, I wanted to be I wanted to be among those doing well. So um, I, I try to find a path to be the most creative, no matter what it is that I did. Well, tell me a little bit about that creativity. So your your whole show here that we're talking about is in the creative space. 
right? I mean, entrepreneurs, you're right, are creative, but some of them, like even me, for example, I'm, I'm revamping the way we're putting out some of our Instagram content. I listen to other people who are doing things very well. Um, I'm not really a designer by trade, nothing like that, but I'm still playing with things and trying to open up that creative space for myself to help advance, you know, what we're doing here. Uh, what, what have, what have you learned in that whole creative space that's made it different for you? So you're, you're one of the rare ones, man, because usually what people do is they find a formula that works for them and then they stick to it time and time again. And, you know, if we're not able to be creative about our business and to, to change and to grow, then we get stuck and we cannot find our way out of it. And for me, creativity is the impetus. It's that spark that makes you start to change. Look at the market, tweak things around, offer a new product, look at your Insta and go, Hey, are we getting the right numbers? Are we getting the right people? Are we getting the right, you know, sort of, sort of throughput? Um, all of those things are leaving no stone unturned. And for me, creativity is all about looking at everything and going, what can we be doing better? It's, it's, and, and to add to that, for me, it's the fact that I know I don't know everything. I know a lot of stuff and I've experienced a lot of things and I've tried a lot of things. So I have some, some experience under my belt, but I know that there's always somebody out there doing it better than me. I know that there's somebody out there that has a better process. And so I, I look to people. That's why I read books and that's why I listen to podcasts and that's why I, you know, watch YouTube channels because there's always somebody who's learned how to tweak something a little bit, how to, you know, manipulate something and, that I don't know. If, I don't know about you, but for me, that whole idea of when that light bulb goes off and it's like, ding, like, oh, that's a great idea. And then you go in and implement, right? It's one thing to learn. It's another thing to implement. Yeah, dude. And so there's a big difference between like learning and doing, right? And for me, you know, creativity is not about waiting for the light bulb to go off. I can literally teach you, Hernan, how to like make it go off over and over and over again. It's all about discipline. Um, people think that creativity is like, oh, you know, you just get inspired one day or whatever. But all of that's baloney. Creativity is a discipline like anything else. It just takes the will to do it, to learn how and to execute it in your day to day business. Oh, dude, I totally agree. So at, at COVID hits, right? And we go into quarantine or into isolation yeah. and I'm at home and I'm like, what am I going to do? So I decided, you know what? I've been doing this whole podcasting thing for a while. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write down all my processes and put this in a, in a course, in a book. And so I literally yeah. every morning I'd get up 4.30 in the morning, I'd go do my workout and then I'd sit down in front of my computer. You know, the entire household is still asleep, but I'm here doing my thing and just writing out some pages. And sometimes I could write, you know, a paragraph or two paragraphs. And sometimes it just flows out and I'm writing like one or two, 10 pages or whatever it is of stuff. But it was the discipline, like you said, of sitting down and doing it that sometimes things came out that I never, I was like, Ooh, and I, I would modify right then and there in the own process that I was doing. What I wrote down in, in that whole ebook to what we do today is also changed. And so, you know, I continue to add to that because the discipline of doing it on a, a regular basis invokes that creativity. No doubt. Yeah. You're, you're on the right path. It's like, the thing is a lot of people want to be creative and they want to do cool stuff, different things or whatnot, but then they don't because you need to connect the idea to action. And in that it, 
gap is creativity. And what that allows you to do is to set a discipline, to set a time to work, to set, you know, your button the seat so you can get to writing. And it's incredibly important to connect an idea to action. A lot of people have ideas. I get this when I'm out talking. I get it out when I consult with other uh, uh, companies or whatnot. They're like, well, we have a lot of ideas. It's like, yeah, so does everybody. What have you action, you know, what have you driven to action in something that you could test in the market, um, you know, see if that product or service is working and viable. Um, and that through line all the way from the idea to the execution is creative impetus. All right. Well, let me let me uh, do some devil's advocate here. So I'm I'm also because I've struggled with this myself, where I have a lot of ideas and I take a lot of actions, but maybe I take a baby step in this direction, and then I get some other idea and I take a baby step in this direction, and then I get another idea and I take a baby step in another direction, and then before I know it, I've gone in a circle and never actually completed a thing, right? And I've fallen into that trap where I I'm busy, but I'm not necessarily productive or heading towards a, a specific goal. Right. You're busy to be busy. Yeah, yeah. That, that happens to all of us. Listen, I'm not saying, you know, that I'm not uh, affected by that. I mean, you know, Lord knows it's, it's been it, it's a it's a difficult thing. But what what I advise people that, you know, have that sort of thing uh, when they kind of have, um, you know, a, a bunch of ideas and, you know, they act on it is that we have to. Um, we have to one understand that creativity is a three-tiered thing, right? There's the concept, which is the largest level of creativity that we have. There's the idea, which is the middle level, and then there's the execution. Most of which is the most narrowed fact, right? Then that's the electron microscope view. And most of us, Hernan, are in the electron microscope view. So when you tell me, dude, I have a bunch of ideas and you know, I'm like running around chasing my tail. I would say to you, you are in the execution phase where you can just see the atoms, but you can't see what they make up. As business owners, we spend a lot of time working in our business and not on our business. And that is sort of that level of ideation. What I would say to you is take it up a notch and go back to the idea level, which is more like a binocular view and see what it is that those executions are are driving you towards and once in a while take the high level view the the satellite view and see what it is that, that even is going on because if you're spending a lot of time going running from idea to idea the chances are that you're not running around with creativity you're running around just kind of implementing the same old thing over and over again with a slight twist that has no meaning you have to sort of structure creativity in order to give those ideas meaning you know, it sounds a lot like uh, what James and I always are discussing when he when he's talking about having a vivid vision and we talk about, you know, what's the five year goal? What's the one year goal? What's the quarterly goal? What's the monthly goal? What's the weekly goal? And then what are you going to do today? And all of those should line up to the same type of approach. You should have, you know, and, and it, it really is uh, for me, journaling has been one of those helpful things because, you know, I journal in the morning now and I, you know, I start off with reflecting on what, what, what did I try to do the day before? And what actually happened? And then I start with, and then I go from there, I go into, you know, some gratitude, you know, what, what am I thankful for? What am I grateful for today? So I'm in a positive mindset. And then I go into what's my intent for the day. And I'm looking at my intent for the day focused on 
what's my goal, my overall goal for this month or my overall goal for, for this quarter, right? And that really allows me to focus. And I might have a list of, you know, six or seven things that I want to do for the day, but I start with that number one thing that I need to get done. What's my one thing that if I get this done, I'm already on a, on a better approach. And, and then I can knock other things off my list. And then when, totally. when at the end of the day, I can reflect back and be like, how did it go? What, 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 what production did you do? So you mentioned two really important things, right? One is writing stuff down. And when we when we put out the book, I had to do a lot of research. The book's out with McGraw-Hill Business, right? And they're not – every little detail in there has to be like cross-checked and double-checked and like – so it's legit, right? And we found that when you write something down, it activates a different part of the mind that actually like, you know, takes it to a, another level. It's not just like you saying it, you writing it down activates a more serious and substantial uh activation of the mind, which is really important. The second thing that you mentioned was that you have a way of, you know, prioritizing the idea and priority along with writing something down is a winning combo because when you write stuff down, you're able to compartmentalize it to see sort of what it is. And it creates a materialized journey for you as you move forward. Again, creativity is all about looking at the most important thing, creating that journey forward and materializing a path from that idea to action. So tell me about that journey then. I want to know your journey. When, when you're writing the book, that is a process, right? I mean, I wrote an ebook. It didn't go through a bunch of editors. It didn't go through people cross-checking anything. It was just, this is my process. This is what I do, and hopefully it'll help you. You went through the nitty-gritty, man. Like, you know, Dude. for McGraw-Hill to publish, that is no, no easy feat. Yeah, it's no joke. And what what it is is it's really a process of, you know, it's kind of a microcosm of all creativity, right? You come up with an idea, you share it with people, they test it out in the market, they go, yeah, this is a viable thing. They do the research, they come back to you and say, yeah, we'd like to you know, put this book out. And then you kind of come up with an outline. And then there's a lot of tweaks on the outline. And then you start writing the chapters. There's a lot of tweaks on the chapters. Then it's, where did you get that quote? Where did you get that attribute? You know, and then it, it sort of like crunches all the way down till it distills into something meaningful. Listen, like, you know, I'll probably get a ton of emails from people because I don't know what I'm talking about. But if you distill sort of like, you know, whiskey, right, or bourbon or whatnot, you have kind of a three step process on the top. You put all the raw ingredients, right? You got, you know, corn and you got water and yeast and all this other stuff. And then you let that sit for a while. Right. And then the next step down the middle step it's now like, you know, it's not whiskey yet, but like you could tell that it's it's alcohol now. You know, you kind of it smells and, you know, you take all of the hard sort of, uh, you know, stuff out of it. You take the corn pieces out and stuff like that. And it's a liquid. And then you further strain it down, you know, and and at the end you get like, you know, bullet bourbon from, you know, 2019 or whatever, small batch special release. Right. So creativity for me is about taking those three steps and applying it to anything that you do in order to really distill the meaning and have that ability to execute on the creative idea. So so when when it, when somebody's thinking about the whole creative process cuz that sounds really in depth, right? That sounds like this is how you're going to accomplish an end goal. But when people think of creative, they think of that first initial like aha moment, like, oh, you know, I'm going to grab this piece of paper and it's blank right now. And when I'm done, I'm going to have a 
you know, Picasso masterpiece or something like that. Like, you know, and that's, to me, that's when I think of creativity. How do I get that light bulb to go off there? You know what I mean? At the very beginning. Right. So, so listen, we were all born creative and then somewhere along the the way we lost it. It was our teachers at school. It was, you know, society, so on and so forth. And what ended up happening is we developed and overdeveloped the analytical part of our mind. The analytical part is the spreadsheets and the, you know, the P and L and, and it's just that lot the Excel logic. Um, and we, have kind of missed out on half of our ability to solve problems. And so when we think of creativity now, we are like, oh, it's art or, oh, it's that idea I had in the shower three years ago. But what those things are is creativity trying to get up through your system, through your head and through your body as it tried to do since you were a little child, right? And Mm -hmm. you never listen to those ideas. 99% of people out there are like, ah, that's too out there. You know, I don't want to risk my reputation. I don't want to risk, you know, my, my ego won't allow me. But those ideas that kind of bubble up are some of the most important things that you can ever come up with for your business. Now, I'm not saying to get rid of the analytical side. I'm saying we need to combine them a little bit better. Listen, Hernan, everybody's like so like, you know, left or right or whatever. We need more balance. We need more center thinking in our life and in our businesses. You know, it's funny that you say that uh, this morning, literally this morning, my Instagram message was about those side notes, right? So like, like for me, I, I, in the morning when I'm going for my run, you know, I'm, I'm a listening to, you know, my group because we have a 5 a.m. call, you know, from 5 to 5.15. And then after that, I'm, I'm listening to an audiobook or listening to YouTube, whatever it is. And as I'm listening, there are times when I hear something that triggers uh, a thought, right? And it gives me that idea. And I'll go on a tangent. And sometimes I, in my own mind, I'm like, oh, you just missed out on part of the book or, oh, you, you're now you're not focused anymore. But today I was thinking what, you know, I was listening to the book and the book was actually saying, no, pay attention to those little side notes. Those side notes are your mind trying to tell you this is something that you asked the question to. Maybe not today. Maybe you asked that question, you know, three weeks ago, a month yeah. ago, a year ago, but it came up with the answer. Oh, so, yeah. you know, have like a pen and paper or something handy where you can take that thought that you were out on and literally write it down. So now you have taken the answer out of your mind's uh, you know, possession. You've put it down on paper and you can fo- refocus your attention and come back to that thought a little bit later. But now it hasn't escaped you. If you give your mind a question, it will begin to answer it no matter what the question is. It may not answer it right at that moment, but it will come up with the answer. And it could be at that time, like you're talking about in the shower or while you're driving or, you know, while you're listening to something else, it gets the answer that it's looking for. No doubt. And that's creativity trying to come out. And, you know, we've we've so spent so long over overloading our analytical side that you know these ideas are really kind of dying to get out man they need to get out there and it's a shame because most people don't act on those ideas they don't develop them you know i feel like we could have easily have cured cancer by now i feel like we could have put you know a woman on mars i feel like we could have done everything that we wanted to do, or, or at least a lot of what society has wanted to do by now. But what we what we have is people that 
are so analytical all the time. They refuse to listen to a part of the mind that's telling them, hey, you know, this is something we need to pay attention to. This is something we need to write down. This is something that we need to explore a little bit further. They refuse. It's ego. It's um, all kinds of things, man. It's risk of reputation. And so, you know, um, when we actually do explore those things, we get remarkable breakthroughs. I'll give you a story if you'd like. Um, I write about it in the book. There's a scientist who's working on, you know, an infectious diseases doctor who's working on uh, Zika, you know, the virus that comes in yeah. the mosquitoes. And he was studying patients or whatever. And then one day, dude, he was like kind of looking in his lab at a molecule and he was like that looks just like a molecule that's in a rare form of like you know cancer for kids that if the kid gets they die there's not one kid on earth that's ever lived through you know having this cancer like who would have thought that right like in a million years pu putting those two things together that's creativity right and so he got this idea and he was like you know what? I think if I take the molecules out, I mean, I'm not a doctor, right? So I'm oversimplifying. But if I take this out of Zika and I take this out of this cancer and I put it together, I think the Zika will actually kill the cancer cells. And he thought about it for a while. And then he was like, this is kind of a batshit crazy idea. Because <laughs> one, I can lose my reputation. Two, if it doesn't work. Three, and then self-doubt creeps in, man. Mm. Self-doubt is the worst. It really kills all kinds of good ideas it it's one of humanity's most you know just it wrecks us it's one of the worst things that can happen um and it happens to everybody every day so he he was like you know what i think this might work he talked to his friends and they were like wow that's pretty crazy like what makes you think it'll work? He's like, well, you know, this and that, and I don't know. What do you guys think? And then he kind of built a little team, and they they explored it. And right now, they're showing that this Zika is killing this particular type of cancer in rats, and they're going to move to to human trials pretty soon. And Hernan, it might be the first time that we can actually cure cancer with another. Who would have ever thought uh, virus? And that is the epitome of creativity. And mm -hmm. that is what we need to see more of. We need more people to take a risk. We need you to come up with a, you know, an idea on one of your runs and go, you know what? I think this will work and then have the courage to pursue it. You're right. It's, it's our own limiting beliefs. We are our own greatest ally and at the same time can be our greatest enemy. We're the one who steps in front of something and says, no, I'm not going to take that risk. We're also the one who says, hell yeah, this is something worth, worth going out after. And you're exactly right. I mean, when you, when you decide that this is something that you want to do, that this is something that you're going to go after, there is nothing that stands in your way. Nothing. That's why we, that's why we have, you know, these big metal tubes that fly in the air. That's why we have cars that, you know, go from zero to 60 in like a few seconds. That's why, you know, that's why we have these miraculous machines that keep our, our food cold. That's, that's exactly why, because somebody said I can make this happen and they stepped forward and did it. Nothing can step in, you know, can get in our way. That's why a human can run a mile in less than four minutes now, because somebody said it's possible and they trained and they worked and they did it. It's our own limiting beliefs that stop us. 
Yep, and it's it's one of the it's one of the worst things that we can ever listen to. Yet I am guilty of it, and maybe you are too. But I listen to it every day. You know, mm-hmm. it it every page that of the book that I wrote, I was like, oh no, I got to delete it. It's just it sucks. <laughs> you know, I was like, delete it, delete. You know, uh, I mean, it's just it's one of those overpowering things that we need to learn how to how to work with, you know, we need to learn mm-hmm. how to develop. And so that creativity can, can come out and help us solve problems. Well, you know, I got to give uh, James a little shot here. He, we got to take a little quick time out. And we're having such a good conversation. Wow, I was like, I think gonna, it's been, I was going to skip James for a while there. <laughs> I wouldn't have it's been such an amazing show it's been awesome to listen to you guys today but uh, you know today quickly here we're going to talk about professional liability I know I talked about it earlier this week and I mentioned how licensed professionals need to have this type of cover the professional services that they offer guess what this includes contractors many owners and contractors fail to realize that contractors perform some measure of professional services on a nearly on nearly every construction pro- uh, project, the most obvious example is design build project, where the contractor is responsible for both the design and construction. Contractors may also perform professional services if they advise their clients during a project's design phase. So things like value engineering, constructability reviews, and other types of pre-construction services fall into this category as well. Not to mention temporary work like shoring false work, dewatering, and other types of means and methods work. So all of this is design services, and these design services are not covered by your general liability insurance. Your general liability covers you if, for example, you leave a nail sticking out of a corner and somebody cuts themselves on that nail, and all of a sudden they get tetanus and their arm cut off. Okay, that's your general liability. You're covered... But the professional liability is for the design portion of the construction and protects your business from a lawsuit resulting from unsatisfactory designs and engineering. So I hope this was a explanation for you. If you have any questions or need any advice, give Pipeline Insurance a call at 877-928-994 and follow me on Twitter at InsuranceBroHam. All right, yeah, man, I, I really, I really wouldn't have blamed you if you skipped me. It's been such an awesome. Uh, it, it's, it's been awesome. I'm just sitting here muted, like, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> all right, well, I got, I, got the, I got two more segments for you. Okay, so one. What's some advice you would give to young entrepreneurs? Near you can go back and talk to yourself, you know, a few years back, you know, 20 years ago or whatever. Like what advice would you give yourself? I think I think um, you know, patience is incredibly important. I see a lot of people coming out of school or the military and they're like super ready to go, right? And that is a very very important tool and and a very important attribute, but having patience to really sort of see an idea through and, you know, learn from mistakes is incredibly important. When I was younger, I, I, 
hated making mistakes, right? I was like, oh, I screwed up. This is the worst thing ever. Mm -hmm. But when I screwed up, I learned so much. And like, if I could just like shake myself when I was younger and be like, dude, you know, you made a mistake. It's great. <laughs> like, it's great. <laughs> you learned so much. Like, keep going. Um, I think it's that. It's really the patience of being able to learn from getting it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. It's like, a you know, again, I was listening to the book this morning and they were talking about, actually, I think it was my, my call. They were talking about, you know, learn to wean yourself off of maps. And I was thinking, you know, like, like GPS type stuff. And I was thinking, you know, when I was a kid, I would ride my bike and I knew exactly where I was in any street. I'm like, Oh, this two cross streets. I know where I'm at. I have the map in my head as I'm riding around in my bike or on my road, but it's today. However, right. like, if I, if I don't have my GPS, I'm like, oh, damn, where do I go? Like, I'm just going to be wandering streets. But uh, using, your, using you know, maybe you, you use the GPS to get to the location. But when you leave, try to use your memory and go back home. Use your mind. Exercise the muscle so that you can get out there, you know. And it's okay if you get lost a little bit because that is how you learn. Those mistakes are where the learning happens. We've, we're trained in school so often that if you make a mistake, you're wrong, you fail, you have to repeat. And that's completely the wrong training because the mistake, you want them to get to the mistake. The mistake is where the learning happens. You're absolutely right. Yeah, definitely. That's what I would do. I would, I would look at, you know, mistakes in a completely different light and have the patience to learn the, their, their message to you. Yeah. The communication. All right. I got one more segment. You ready? Yeah. Part of learning is also being able to take criticism, critiques and criticism. So we want to know what your experience was like on the Business Bros podcast. I know you've been on other shows before. I know you've been on stages. I want to know what your experience was like with us. Uh, I think it's great, man. I love the energy. I think you guys are really uh, energetic. You guys did a lot of good research. Um, so that's good. Um, and uh, yeah, man, it's been uh, it's been a good show. I, I'm really glad to be here and I'm really happy you guys picked me. I know you get a ton of people, you know, constantly coming at you guys to be on the show. And I know it's a real successful show. So I, I don't know. I'm pretty honored to be here. I hope um, I hope I was able to to be helpful to people, you know. I mean, I love the conversation we had. I mean, believe me, it's, you know, I think when we look in the mirror, we often uh, don't see the person we want to be. We see the person that we aren't, right? We see, we look at everything negative about ourselves. We look oh, at, right. we look at the wrinkles. We look at, you know, that pimple. We look at, you know, the hair loss. We look at everything negative about ourselves rather than what everybody else sees, which is who we actually are and the positive, you know, the, the things that we can achieve. And so sometimes, you know, being able to talk to somebody else who's like understands that we have those limiting beliefs that we have, we all are like that. We all have that shame bug inside of us and that's okay. It's totally yeah. okay to be there and learn from it and continue moving forward. You still have that capability to do something with your life. Having that discussion like we did today, I think it's powerful. Yeah, man, for, for sure. And, and I think one of the most important attributes that that I think creativity brings to people is the ability to see things as they can be, not as they are. It's exactly what you're talking about. When you look in the mirror, you know, you got to see potential. You got to see what could be and not what is just because, you know, uh, things are in a particular situation. Um, 
that's not time to just kind of give up. You know, it's COVID right now. We got all kinds of problems across the country. And now is especially the best time to kind of be creative and see things that they can be, not what it is. You and I could spend all day talking about how it is and it sucks. Close the book, dude, we're done. It sucks, right? But what can we do to make it better? And how can we make our world and our businesses more efficient, you know, perform better, um, have greater uh, margins and, you know, more profitability? Those are really important things. And that's in our control. If you imagine the world as it can be, not as it is, your opportunities for success become tenfold. It's also asking your mind that question, right? How can I is different than it is. It is 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 very descriptive of of today, right now. This is what it is. But if you ask, how can I make it better? You're again, you're giving your mind some work to do. It's going to give you an answer, and it's up to you to decide whether you're going to follow through or not. Yep, it's really is all about a shift in your mindset. It's changing your mind to work in it. Listen, I, I this is a last quip, dude. I think you guys will think this is funny, right? So when I go out consulting, I usually get like one of two things. One is this is going to be artsy fartsy bullshit. Like we don't want it, right? And then, so I have to tell people, no, 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 creativity is all about this. And then the other thing is people are like, oh, this is going to be really expensive. We got to buy new gear. Nerd's going to make us like buy, you know, a new machine or new. new we're going to have to hire. <laughs> people in everything that I talk about Hernan is free man every single thing is free it costs you nothing it's a shift in your mind your mind is so powerful and so underused man mm -hmm. so underused and like I want entrepreneurs and businesses to go yeah man even professionals on a career to go yeah I have the potential to change this I just got to stick to it and I got to allow change to happen you know, it's so funny. I, I can hear the passion in your voice. And when I get on other people's podcasts and I'm talking about the power of podcasting and what has done for my life, I have that same passion behind cool. it, man. And and yeah. that's how you know. Like for me, like that's how you know that it's something that's that has struck that creative chord inside of you. It's something that you're super passionate about, something that you're willing to talk about and learn about and do every single day just because it drives you that way, right? It, right. it fuels you. I, I just, totally. I hope, and, and when I, you know, when I go on as, as a guest on other people's shows, I hope that that passion fuels them to do something, right? To totally. take that action because you're right. This thing right here between your ears, that little noodle thing between your ears, that is so much power. And if we use it for negative things, it will work extremely well, <laughs> but you can also use it for positive things and use that same power to take totally. in the direction that you want to go in, but it's completely up to you. It's perspective is is key. It's everything. Can I ask you one question now? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Is James crying? <laughs> it should be, huh? <laughs> he, he actually, uh, he actually wears his his heart on his sleeve. Watch, James. Yeah, I don't know if you can see it from there, but James, James you? Cries, a little bit, right? Are, are you tearing up over there? You there we cutting, go. There it is. Are you cutting it? So onion? good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's just like I'm laughing over here and just really enjoying your guys' conversation. I know exactly that passion that Hernan's talking about. Uh, definitely, we can hear it. Like you, you guys have been going back and forth, and I'm just like, like. Yes, 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 yes. Everything you're saying on point. <laughs> oh, man. And yes, and yes, James is a crier. Uh, when, he when, is. Oh, He's yeah, 100%, dude, 100%. When we Every lost, single time that Tony Stark snaps his fingers and says, I am Iron Man. <gasps> Shit! Language. Wait a second. No one else is going to deal with the fact that Cap just said, 
language? I know. Uh, every no, time, every time, R.I.P. Tony, R.I.P. Tony. R.I.P. <laughs> anyway, also oh, a huge Marvel fan. <laughs> all right Mir, thank you very much for taking the time to come on our show man uh, again thank you for for bringing the heat bringing the passion and and i had a blast uh hopefully we can get you on again i would love that you guys thanks for having me again really ladies and gents s-h-i-t so happy it's thursday enjoy the rest of your day that's all we got for you guys today peace bye and we're out Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the Business Bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the Insurance Bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation. Or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.